0: Hey, everybody, it's in the Charlie Kirk Show. We went viral recently for some of our comments regarding the FAA and who is hiring the pilots and air traffic controllers. We have an amazing guest, Michael Pearson, who is suing the FAA. He's a pilot. He was an air traffic control. He's a lawyer. He's a professor. Very, very qualified. And you're going to learn a lot about how DEI and wokeism has infiltrated the airlines, the Federal Aviation Administration, and more. Email us, as always, freedom at charliekirk.com and subscribe to our podcast. Open up your podcast application and type in Charlie Kirk Show. Get involved with Turning Point USA at tpusa.com. That is tpusa.com. Start a high school or college chapter today at tpusa.com. Become a member to listen to our programs. Advertiser free. It's members.charliekirk.com. That is members.charliekirk.com. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe
1: Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I
0: want you to know
1: we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks.
0: a company that specializes in gold IRAs and physical delivery of precious metals. Learn how you could protect your wealth with Noble Gold Investments at noblegoldinvestments.com. That is noblegoldinvestments.com. It's where I buy all of my gold. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com. Joining us is Michael Pearson. Michael, welcome to the program. Thanks, Charlie. Glad to be here. Uh, You are... You're former air traffic control, right? Yes, sir. Also a lawyer, and you teach at Arizona State University. I do. And so a lot I want to cover with you, Uh, you're involved in a class action lawsuit that's still ongoing with the FAA, and I want you to tell us about that, but I do want to kind of um, speak more broadly, because we had a conversation recently that went, went viral, where we talked about how the FAA and some of these airlines are beginning to prioritize diversity over merit and excellence- and I think you have something to share in, regarding that, those statements.
1: Well, certainly from the air traffic control side, the FAA for years, uh, along with obviously other government agencies, um, but the FAA is more critical because it's a safety-related occupation. Uh, and they've engaged in what I believe to be a form of social engineering for years, but it got fairly blatant and bad in 2012-2013 um, period where they took the best source of controller applicants, the the pipeline for air traffic controllers. Uh, There's 36 universities across the country. And in a midnight raid, so to speak, literally in late December of 2013, is notified all these students who paid tuition and who had gone through two- to four-year programs investing their life's work in becoming an air traffic controller. They eliminated them from a preferential hiring list. And the reason was is because they were the wrong color. And a lot of those young folks who are on that list, by the way, it was a very diverse list. Males, females, Hispanics, African-Americans. Um, and to be very straightforward, your race, or your gender has nothing to do with your ability as an air traffic controller. That's right. And I've trained hundreds of them. Yes. And so I know that for a fact. It's really more your motivation and uh, yes. your ability to persevere through a tough training program. And so, literally, uh, this was from a organization called the National Black Coalition of Federal Aviation Employees who felt there were too many white privileged controllers on the list. They went to the Rainbow Push Coalition. Uh, it was Jesse Jackson at the time. And the DOT and eliminated the program uh, overnight. And it was race-based. There's absolutely no doubt. And that's what uh, we're litigating the case for. And that's what we're going to prove, to bring justice to these kids. Who lost uh, not only their tuition, uh, but their life dream uh, simply because they were all wasted, uh,
0: the yeah. uh, victims of identity politics. So, then post 2013, that's 10 years ago, how has ATC air traffic control changed since then?
1: Well, I, I will also uh, definitely uh, one of the things that happened, one of the causal effects, where now the FAA has facilities that lack adequate staffing a lot of the delays you hear about are actually because they shut down airspace not because of the weather because airlines wow Uh, they literally shut down sectors because they don't have enough folks to work most controllers at major facilities now are working six day weeks um, a day of overtime per week which is exceedingly costly air traffic controllers make a uh, very good wage um and what happens is when these controllers work six day weeks after a while they start sicking out so you can imagine if you do the math it's an exponential cost to the system not only the controllers tired uh the attrition rate uh, is high um and a lot of folks are leaving the profession so here's what we have it's uh, a situation where you have less qualified people working more airplanes and um it's um it's not a good situation i'm not a table pounder i'm not a person that predicts dire consequences. There's a lot of uh, technology and automation that help air traffic controllers separate airplanes now. But this, uh, the deficit in the system has been been uh, hidden, hidden from certainly the flying public. The airlines have got it figured out. Uh, they've been able to fly through weather for years and uh, they've been able to do certain things for a long time. So when the FAA shuts down sectors and causes reroutes or eliminates flights, that's
0: also a causal effect of eliminating the controller pipeline. According to the New York Times, there's more and more near misses at airports. They're way up. Is this related to this? And are you afraid of a ticking time bomb? I am. And I'll tell you why. After a while, controllers get tired.
1: Um, they work at most of your major facilities. The bigger facilities that handle most of the air carrier traffic, which is airline traffic, they most controllers work six-day work weeks when they're supposed to work five-day work weeks. And, again, that's the domino effect I told you about. What ends up happening is controllers work. They work this overtime, and then to get a day off, they take sick leave. So the financial costs are high, but the yes. human toll is high also. And so it's, it's very difficult when you're tired and your sleep cycles for controllers, but they're called your circadian cycles because of the nature of the way air traffic controllers work. They work two nights, two mornings, and work a midnight. That's not good for your, your body. It's not good for your awareness. And so there's a lot of factors involved. But cutting the pipeline and eliminating folks that would have been uh, fantastic certified air traffic controllers working in the system now has led to a lot of safety issues. But the thing that the public doesn't know is that the air traffic controllers about 15, 20 years ago were given immunity for close calls. So it used to be if an air traffic controller had an operational error, controllers call them deals, Uh, An operational error simply means that two airplanes got uh, too close, less than standard required separation, that those controllers could be pulled off the boards and given retraining. It's not so anymore. In fact, in order to get retraining for a controller, uh, the managers of the facility have to go through extraordinary uh, measures, and usually they're overruled. So what you have is a system, which wasn't meant to be deterrent, um, it was meant to provide training to controllers to bring them back up to speed. If they kept having repetitive error where they kept having deals operational errors, it's a, a
0: non-existent now. Do you know of any examples without citing them, but just curious of people that have been pushed through the system as pilots or air traffic controllers that might not have been as qualified as they should be? Yeah, absolutely, hundreds of them.
1: And I'm not hundreds, hundreds of them. And I, would, I would hear...
0: these people be in the let's say the diversity box?
1: Uh, certainly, a, a, a percentage, I, I believe, are. Um, usually, when I look at that, or when uh, folks still in the FA, I still have a lot of contacts at work mm-hmm. in the field in the FA, and I get lots of communications. And of course, they can't become or, or they can't speak out themselves because they will be retaliated against. The FA has gone full wokeness, full DEI. Uh, and certainly, with the management over the last few years in the air traffic branch, they're more worried about diversity than they are near misses. Um,
0: I'll can, give you a real can, quick story. Please do. Yeah, and then I want you to repeat that, but please do. Yeah, yes. I'll
1: give you a real quick story. I had a, a manager from a major facility um, contact me who's been in the FAA for decades uh, and tell me that uh, during one of their management meetings that was supposed to be uh, about how do we um, reduce or eliminate these operational errors, lack of standard separation, people getting airplanes getting too close. And the whole time the meeting was going on, the person in D.C. holding the meeting, all he wanted to do was talk about diversity, equity, and uh, things of that nature. And literally the managers themselves across the country were communicating in text, instant messaging, offline about what a waste of time it was, and they were exceedingly disappointed. The people in the field are not the people I'm complaining about. No, they're Um,
0: they're the heroes.
1: uh, They're the heroes. They eliminated interviews for air traffic controller applicants. It used to be that before you could become a controller – um, you would have to go to a facility and talk to somebody, and that was to make sure you understood English and you could basically communicate. They eliminated that because that was a barrier to people that could not understand English. Well, the language of air traffic control is English. Yes, it's, even, you, it's
0: even English in almost every country. It is. Right? It's Iko. Yeah. The the it's the it's worldwide. I mean, if you go to Japan, you're gonna you're gonna communicate in English if you land. Uh, if you fly over any country and you're part of an air crew, the language is English. And do you, you do you know of current controllers that? are not as as well-versed in the language?
1: I don't know of any personally because I've, I've been out of the field. Uh, I haven't worked as a controller in over 10 years, but I have stories of from other controllers training people that I trained where they're exasperated or they're having a difficult time because um, they will um, be dealing with someone in their uh, – their their language capabilities aren't up to par. Uh, yes. So I've heard stories.
0: Yeah, there is this clip I think we'll get of a air traffic controller, a a woman who was arguing with the pilot. Yes. And I've had tons of pilots say that woman was totally wrong.
1: She was. I know the clip you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's totally inappropriate. And I would venture to say that that person, I don't know this to be a fact. So this is pure speculation. In the current makeup of the FAA. And managers are not allowed to effectively discipline air traffic controllers. Uh, Not only do they get uh, a pass on operational errors through this air traffic immunity program that's been put in place, but air traffic managers who try to do the right thing are oftentimes retaliated and their careers suffer. So I would be shocked because of the nature of the power the Air Traffic Controllers Union has uh, if, in fact, that uh, controller suffered any consequences at all. It was embarrassing to the system, And I'm also a pilot, um, so I can tell you she was, and I was also a quality assurance specialist for the FAA, so I happen to
0: know the rules and regulations fairly well, she was wrong. As we've all seen over the past few years, the amount of heavy metals, microplastics, and other toxins we are all exposed to has only increased. These are important world issues we must continue to discuss, and since you know that I take my health seriously, I only stand by the best. One company that is aware of these global challenges and that I proudly support is Ascent Nutrition, which has unique health products meant for these times. One I've been using is their Pine Pollen Tincture, which contains 200 nutrients and important components like glutathione and DHEA. Glutathione is known for healthy detoxification and immune support, while DHEA is known as the happiness hormone and supports mood and brain health. Pine pollen is also nature's highest source of special phytohormones, which support hormone function, libido, and adrenal health. I love it because you could truly feel the benefits. And since I am now telling everyone about it, they expect to sell out fast. Before they sell out, click the link in the description below and use the code Kirk to save 10% on your pine pollen tincture and all other products. So, Michael, there. Part of the problem is also the airlines. I know this is something that you just know probably yes. adjacently. Can you speak to that?
1: Anytime you sacrifice safety at the altar of political correctness or wokeness, you're risking people's lives. It doesn't matter if it's air traffic control. It doesn't matter if it's the flight side. I think most people in this audience and most people, when it actually comes down to brass tacks, regarding, uh, regardless of which side they're on, would want the best surgeon operating on their child. Yes. Um, if my child is... Uh, has an issue and I need a, a pediatric neurosurgeon, I'm going to get the best neurosurgeon possible regardless of their race, ethnicity, color, yes. sexual preference, all the other garbage that uh, people deal with. Anytime you're in a merit-based occupation, you cannot afford to do that. It's my personal belief. And I think um, most folks in the industry would, would agree with that. There's enough examples of shining stars of every race ethnicity and creed to fill these positions yes. however what we're doing is we're weakening the fabric and the system of, uh, as a whole by uh, not requiring air traffic controllers to have a certain level of expertise or qualifications prior to being
0: checked out and certified i want to play cut 86 and you're, you're going to kind of tell us what's going on here because it's, it's a lot of lingo going on here play, it's a lot of cu- syntax play, yeah, <laughs> yeah play cut 86 please for a short approach, if you're going to do a power off 180, that's my point.
1: Well, okay, I will remember that from now on. No problem.
0: Yeah, when you ask for a short approach, I expect you to turn your base to in the numbers.
1: That's incorrect. All right, this will be a full stop for six
0: five Charlie, and uh, maybe we need to talk about that some more because you're the first controller in 15 years that's ever said that. Well, I'm just, you know, I, I, if you ask for a short approach, a short approach is when you turn your base to mean the numbers. If I know you're a student asking for a short approach, I know you're out there practicing and you probably will extend. But if you're doing something other than a short approach, don't ask for a short approach. Well, I will definitely look up the definition of short approach because I've never seen where it says you turn base abeam the numbers because I don't see how you could possibly do that. Well, I Googled it actually. I Googled short approach and it said to turn your base abeam or before the numbers and you will land probably touchdown around midfield. Your response?
1: That's a ludicrous response. The air traffic controller rules are in a document. It's a government order called the 7110.65. Um, there's nowhere in there that you'll find, or the AIM, the Airman's Information Manual that pilots use, will you find that definition of a short approach. It's ludicrous to expect that. It really depends on the type of airplane, the weather conditions, everything else. But I've never, and I've flown, uh, and I've never heard of that definition of a short approach, and I've worked millions of airplanes over my career. And actually, uh, this very uh, clip was passed amongst air traffic controllers, and I happen to be on the list, and um, her position is um, untenable. There's nowhere in the regulations. In fact, as soon as she said, I Googled it, most folks should realize that that person uh, should not be working airplanes. Do you think she would be fired? No. I think, this, I, as I stated before, I doubt very seriously if anything happened to her at all. Uh, it's embarrassing to the system. She might have got a letter or a uh, counseling session with the supervisor, but I can guarantee – well, I can't guarantee you. Uh, i It's my sincere belief that that person didn't suffer any time off, was not retrained, because they can't retrain them without the managers getting um, disciplined themselves from folks in D.C. or are worried about DEI issues. And you know, she's a female, so there's a quota – well, she's protected class, and, you, and the only people that aren't protected class, being very straightforward, it might not be politically correct, but I could care less. Are white males?
0: Um, yeah, we're the problem. All those safe absolutely. landings for yep, 40 years, yeah, and safe air traffic controller yeah, operations. How racist of us to want to land airplanes? There's an FAA document from 2013. This is during the same period of time. And are you? You're. you're is this part of your lawsuit? I'm not sure. Uh, I, if I saw the document, I could tell you. I'm very it's, familiar. This, this one. Can oh you, yes. It's, you know. You know what I'm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: There's. There's uh, hundreds of thousands of documents
0: regarding uh, our lawsuit, hundreds of thousands. So I want to just read this. This is from the FAA in 2013. They say, key questions for leadership. So who do they mean by leadership, the FAA, when they say this?
1: The the folks in uh, LaFont Plaza, which is—
0: That's where the the Department of Transportation is? The DOT and the FAA headquarters are right next to each other. Get off a metro stop. Wasn't that Darren LaHood at the time or something or under Obama? Uh,
1: it uh, the D O T? Yeah. Something like Ray uh, Lahood or something or? It, it was Ray, but then it was someone else. He was Rodney Slater, I think. Yeah, okay.
0: And then um yes. Now it's Mr. Buddha judge, super qualified. Yeah. So d- different story. Yeah, another another DEI one. So so this is what are the relative values of diversity and the prediction of performance outcomes? And so th- what's amazing is that the FAA admits in their documents that there's a trade off. Yes. If you embrace diversity. Yes.
1: The FAA understands and knows that the risks are going to be higher because, and, and, and really, it's not faced or directed toward any race. It's more of a competency issue. As I stated before, I've known air traffic controllers of, um, that are African-Americans, Asians, Filipinos, certain female air traffic yes. controllers, are some of the best people I've ever worked with, to let you know, just to be very
0: straightforward. No, 100%. But the focus on identity politics— It, for, it forces it. Where it's not – merit should be the only thing we care about. And there's
1: Excellence. plenty of people out there of all, all creeds and colors that have uh, – that are different races. Yes. That, that could easily do these jobs. But trying to put everyone and paint everyone in a broad brush, no pun intended, with a broad brush and say, okay, you can become an air traffic controller, whether they have the competency levels or not, is uh, creating an intentional
0: hazard to flight safety. And they've been doing it for over a decade. So I want to I reiterate this. In, in, in the part of your lawsuit, you've discovered these quiz questions. Yes. What, can, what, what's going on with this?
1: Once the FAA wiped out the air traffic CTI program or attempted to, but Congress, thank goodness, has reinstated it. But back in 2013, the FAA literally wiped out lists of qualified folks, again, of all races, creeds, and colors, who could be air traffic controllers because the National Black Coalition of Federal Aviation Employees and FAA decided it was too white, and they used their political power and lobbying power to get that uh, done. So that was the inception. That's what started. Our lawsuit is about that and about these folks being struck off the record due to uh, characteristics that are allegedly protected. Uh, by the constitution and lots of laws and you would not think that the united states government would actually be the ones to violate the constitutional provisions and laws but they have
0: christmas is here everybody and that means that you might have to be moving boxes or just it's tough a lot of stress and that means inflammation increases and that means pain also might increase alongside of it relief factor though is here to help it's a daily supplement that helps your body fight back against pain It's 100% drug-free, and Relief Factor was developed by doctors searching for a better alternative for pain. Relief Factor uses a unique and proven formula of natural ingredients like turmeric and many others to help you get out of pain, to reduce or eliminate the everyday aches and pains you're experiencing. So whether it's neck, back, joint, or muscle pain, Relief Factor can help you feel better. Unlike pills that simply mask your pain for a short time, Relief Factor helps support your body's natural response to inflammation. So you feel better all day, every day. Over 1 million people have tried Relief Factor Quick Start and nearly 70% of people go on to order it again. Relief Factor isn't simply about feeling better. It's about living better, living the life you want, doing the activities you love. So see how Relief Factor can help you with their three-week quick start, feel back or your money back guarantee. So check it out right now, relieffactor.com or call one 800 for relief Slay that inflammation, go to relieffactor.com. So in the test test, there were there were certain okay there yeah. were certain things that if you said you weren't good at science you actually got extra points.
1: Well, yeah, I'll jump to that. What happened was prior to 2013 there was a peer reviewed uh, employment test called the ATSA. It was a it was a test that controllers had to take to qualify, mm-hmm. and it had been uh, reviewed and modified many times to take out any form of bias. And the records are there. It was done by the Civil Aeronautical Medical Institute, CAMI. Well, in 2013, the FA hired an outside vendor called APT Metrics um, for the first time in, in history to do an outside analysis and outside review and develop a new test. And the new test was called a um, biographical assessment or, or biographical questionnaire. They changed the name midway through. And in this test, things such as what was your worst grade in high school? What was your favorite sport? Uh, do you like math? Um, and if you had any aviation experience, well, ironically, that test, when you grade it out, if your worst grade was science, you got 15 points. If your best grade was science, you got less. If you had any aviation or military experience at all, or were a pilot, uh, you got no credit for it. What you got they no did credit for it? No credit. Basically, <laughs> one you got three points in one question, the other you got zero credit, even though there's a high cor- or a correlation with having some experience in something and being good. If you know which end of the knife cuts, you're going to be a better butcher, right? And that's basically what the FAA decided was that's not true. Uh, And the FAA, in their infinite wisdom, used this test, and they decided uh, that they could take anyone and turn them into an air traffic controller. It's equivalent to the Veterans Administration hiring people off the street and teaching them how to be doctors as they butcher people in the hospitals or having your taxes overlooked and audited by someone who's not a CP or has no financial acumen at all. But the uh, government, uh, and at least the FAA, decided that it was more important to put people in based upon select identity characteristics and competency. And those questions are, uh, most people see them and they laugh. and uh, They can't believe that this was done. It was done.
0: So, Michael, United Airlines announced, and they reiterated in an Axios interview about a year and a half ago, that in their hiring class, so as far as their trainees, that they want fifty percent to be female or black. Uh, currently, less than three to four percent of all pilots are black, and I think maybe eight percent to ten percent are female. So let's just take those. How could you even find the people to to hit that target? It, it's an it's an insane goal. You can't. And and um, along
1: with the FAA, it ties into the, what we're talking about. Um, the Department of Labor statistics have statistics in every occupation. It's really interesting when you dig into it. I wish the FAA would have done it more. Um, But if you look at those statistics, what they have are qualified individuals that can do jobs. They might be too old. They might have a disability. And it's based upon race. For instance, air traffic controllers who are qualified to be air traffic controllers back when um, the FAA wiped out the CTI list. I forget what it was. I put it in the pleadings because I took it off the government statistics. was somewhere between nine... And 12% of the black population could be air traffic controllers, simply because they might be too old. They might have health issues. There might not be enough of them. Well, uh, it's the same, and I haven't looked at the exact statistic, with pilots. There's a relevant workforce population that can do the job. And the the Department of Labor keeps track of that, simply because of the basic qualifications. So when United Airlines or any airlines artificially sets a limit, says we're going to do 50% of a flight class, it's already difficult enough to get... Folks, they have to have a minimum of 1,500 hours to work for Yes. Okay.
0: Which, by the way, they're li- they lie a lot now. Those well,
1: are- it's, it's, it's more than that. They go through a system where they have to work very low wages for a lot of years to qualify to get those 1,500 hours yes. training people. And a lot of people can't afford to do it or they don't want to do it. They lose interest. Uh, and there's other lucrative uh, opportunities elsewhere. There's an opportunity cost issue there. But at the end of the day, uh, this social engineering is creating hazards to the flying public. Uh, And the bad part about this is that uh, the government and these folks engaging us have immunity. Um, One of the things that needs to be changed, quite frankly, is the Federal Tort Claims Act. Uh, And there's some other things that need to be modified because we have too many bureaucrats, specifically in the FAA, who are making life-altering decisions, unelected (sighs) bureaucrats, by the way, unelected bureaucrats, uh, that are making life-altering decisions Uh, with no consequences to them. Now, I will tell everybody the same thing I told folks in Congress when we lobbied to get these laws changed where the CTI went back. I talked to many members of the House and Senate, and it became real to them because it's in their backyard. They all fly back and forth. Yeah, seriously. So this is not an issue that you can sweep under the rug because the reason the FAA was created in 1958, by the way, was because of a a, a collision, a couple of mid-air collisions. There were a couple of high-profile individuals, including congressmen, on board the airplanes. Well, that's when they really started regulating the system itself. Well... Unless they grab a hold of this problem and they eliminate DEI, wokeness, whatever term you want to say, political correctness from the hiring decisions, there's going to be blood on people's hands. The problem of it is, is when you're trying to isolate and hold them responsible, they're they're going to have immunity and there's no one to Super hold quick. responsible for these policies. I, I
0: have two questions in two yeah. minutes. Uh, number one, the, some people still say the FAA is the greatest in the world, greatest standards. Are we at risk of losing that in, in its current trajectory?
1: Of course. Anytime you uh, you derogate or reduce merit for other reasons in a safety-related occupation, you can't be at the forefront. Um, Anyone else uh, that is trying to develop professionals that are best in the Mm -hmm. system, they don't worry about gender, race, ethnicity. They just want the quality outcome. And in the private sector, by the way, the reason business works is because it's competitive
0: and you can't afford to do that. That's right. Last question here. You said that the question is that there's two men, the, the, it's against white men. Where does that come from? It, and just is it that explicit? No, have...
1: it's not that explicit, but basically the way the test was designed was to eliminate or to give uh, preference to African-American applicants, the bi- biographical assessment specifically. Uh, and you can be, That can be shown statistically. Uh, the National Black Coalition of Federal Aviation Employees actually uh, had uh, the test prior to... At least it's our allegations. The DOT inspector general investigated, but they, of mm-hmm. course, whitewashed it, no pun intended. Um, but they actually had keywords, and they they had at least a version of the test from what their representative said at the time. There's a tape recording of them out there saying that um, to give preference to African-American applicants. So, no, they didn't come out in a policy and say there's too many white folks applying and we want to wipe the list out. But – Every bit of evidence and people you talk to behind the scenes, including some very straightforward African-American applicants, have told me that was what they basically said.
0: Michael, thank you so much. You're welcome, Charlie. It was a pleasure. Appreciate it. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Email us, as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Thanks so much for listening, and God bless. For more on many of these stories and news you can trust, go to charliekirk.com.